as this is a area of your expertise, I really wanted to know the first soap was discovered in the Stone Age, um, but it wasn't actually used for cleaning. Can you tell me a bit more about how and what soap was used for? Mm. So this is this is really fascinating, and I absolutely love this uh, area and this subject. Um, so yeah, really excited that you came on and got me to tell you a little bit about mm. this. So the big thing, the number one thing that soap was used for was slip and slides. Yeah. Um, so can, sorry for the listener who doesn't know what a slip and slide is. Can you please explain? Oh, for sure. Both so, the modern and the historical version. So, so modern day slip and slides uh, essentially entail a long piece of some type of plastic uh, with water running down it and a little bit of detergent or some kind of soap. And it's a, it's essentially a backyard water slide. So much fun going down a hill. Hmm. Um, now the fun. historical one was a little bit different because they didn't have plastic Mm. these long plastic sheets that we now have and the way they got around this and the way it was originally invented was using a type of bark so they used Mm. the inside of a type of bark um off this tree and i can't quite remember what the name of the Mm -hmm. tree was but it was a type of uh, redwood tree yeah um and the bark on the inside had a nice smooth grain Mm -hmm. um and so back in those times and this was I believe it was somewhere in Alaska around mm-hmm. and um, it was quite a cold area yeah. during winter. I and imagine. so they actually originally used this for sledding. Um, and that's, so they use this bark for sledding. Oh, the bark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but what happened was when summer came, things started to melt. It was warmer mm-hmm. and there wasn't any snow to sled down. Mm-hmm. They still wanted to have fun sliding down some hills, yeah. but it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so this is where soap comes along. Mm-hmm. So soap originally was um, invented from a sort of similar to distilling um, done on animal fat mm-hmm. uh, and compressed into a soap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it had the actual goal of increasing or decreasing the friction on this bark so that when they laid it in a long road down the hill and they put soap and a little bit of water... Mm-hmm. Uh, they could create a slip and slide mm. and go down it and recreate the sledding That's so cool. of the winters. Um, I don't know if this is your area of expertise, but do you know anything about the history of liquid soap? Because you said bar was first. Um, look, it's not really my area of expertise, but I do know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. And so the thing was with this um, soap, this hard, solid animal fat soap, mm. um, was that you had to spend a long time rubbing down the bark Mm. with the soap to reduce the friction. Um, And that was just a really time-consuming thing that they'd much rather spend sliding down. Yeah, of course. Of course, naturally. So what um, they did, there was this famous Alaskan inventor uh, called uh, Jimbroch. Mm -hmm. And Jimbroch, he was really into sledding. Um, And he was really into slip and sliding. Of course. And so he wanted to speed up the process. So what he tried doing was taking the hard soap, melting it down and adding in some ash. Mm. So some ash from a fire. Yep. And then adding in some water. Mm -hmm. And when you heated that all up and mixed it around, it created this liquid soap that would remain a liquid as you slid it down, slip and slide. Mm. And so that is where the historical liquid soap comes from. Mm. Do you know when they discovered that the cleaning 
uses of soap. Was that in the Stone Age or was that mm, down no, the track? No, so that was, this, this was um, during this period in Alaska. And they realized that after sledding down the slide, their bodies had rubbed all of the dirt off. Mm. And not only that, they found that doctors that slid down the slide before performing an operation were much less likely to cause an infection on mm-hmm. their patients. Interesting. What's, mm. Sorry, we're running out of time, but what does a Stone Age operation look like? Uh, it involved a lot of rocks and hitting of heads and broken bones. Well, I'll have to talk to you another time. Thank you very much, Scott. And that's it. Thanks for listening. This was Historical Events That We Just Made Up. The monkeys are hungry. Time for their fortnightly advertisement. Hey, you like soap? Who doesn't like soap? Soap's the best. Now, you think you know everything there is to know about soap? Well, boy, do I have some soap for you. Now introducing pre-dirty, pre-bubbled soap. You don't even need to put your hands in it. The soap is just there, and it's all clean. You'll never need another soap. This is the soapiest soap you've ever soaped. Let's hear, hear it from a happy customer. Hi, my name is Jeff. Ever since Soapy Soap, I haven't needed to clean my hands. The soap's already dirty. Why would I do it again? That's just silly. So I headed over to the lawnmower show after last week's show, as I said I would. Do you guys hear that? Hmm. Anyway, um, I headed over to the lawnmower store. As you would, as it says on the tin, it, they sell lawnmowers. Um, I don't think there's any electrical lawnmowers. They seem to be all have those pull cord things that. Can you go? Are you sh- can you hear that? Hmm. Um, anyway, they had the pull cord thing, so I assume they're petrol. Um, uh, sorry, there's some weird noises going on. Uh, anyway, they're all pull cord, petrol. Not that that's necessarily important, but I found one that was working, and I thought, well, when I pulled the cord, it made the, the motor noise. But I took it outside, and I pulled the cord, and... As I was pushing it round, don't know why I was doing it. I was leaving glass be- beads behind the lawnmower, so I don't know how, what what it's like. Sand glass, they're similar, or not similar, but they worked. They're, they're one's the other thing. If you anyway, I thought that was weird. There you go. That's some information. Couldn't tell you. Um, I flipped it over to have a look, and it did clearly have a blade. So I don't know if the blades heating up the glass or what um it didn't feel particularly warm and the beads were safe to touch when i got them sorry i'm being really distracted by the studio is making it sounds like there's something in the studio i'm i'm sorry sorry about this we have some questions written in if you'd like your questions answered reach at desertpirateradio.com i forgot his name someone's written into the show Sorry, these sounds are so distracting. Um, I can't tell if you guys can hear them, but all right, let's. I'll finish these questions. What's in the middle of town? Town is basically a big strip, so there's not really a middle. It's there is some offshoots. There's a little bit of a, a back line to the shops, but the main interesting stuff is along one one strip. What's the town known for? Well, the town. I look. I can't see it. I don't know how this town got here. We're in the middle of a massive sand timer. I don't see how anything can get in or out of the town. I don't even know why this town is here. I don't know how this town is here. 
because all in all directions, up, down, well not down because that's the sand, left and right, it's just glass. And the sun is above me, but it's just a glass, not quite a dome, it's, it goes up, you know, sand timers, they go up on the outside and then round at the top. I can't do this. I will, let's go to the next segment, the sandwich that you can eat all the year. And I will be back with what's, hopefully I'll know what's going on. Hello everyone, welcome back to Sarah's Smackalicious segment. Um, now I'd just like to preface, I am no chef in any way, really. I just love cooking and baking. So you can take my uh, cooking advice with a grain of salt, um, but they might be helpful if you don't like cooking too much or you want to get into cooking. Um, but today is gonna be quite a simple um, part of our five minute recipe, um, which is our ongoing theme. Um, so today we're going to be making a very delectable uh, toasty. Now it's not just any uh, ordinary toasty. It's got um, a bit of Turkish Turkish roll um, and some very lovely delicatessen meats. Um, so do with it what you will. It's probably not the most budget friendly, but it's not too expensive at the same time. Cheaper than you would buy at like a nice cafe or something like that. Um, and you can make more of it. So you can invite your friends over and eat them together. But <clears throat> what you'll need for this is some um, Turkish rolls. Uh, you can get them just from the supermarket. So you'll need some rocket leaves. Um, you can. Some people like them, some people don't. Um, but an alternative could be spinach leaves. But rocket leaves are nicer for this because they've got a nice peppery taste to them. So rocket leaves, I like to use some very, very thinly sliced prosciutto. Uh, it's probably the thinnest you can get it because if it's too thick then it gets chewy um and some salami not uh oh pepperoni sorry not salami it's like a special um pepperoni that you also get quite thinly cut um and so those are your meats and then you can use a really nice spread on top, you can use pesto, um, that's lovely, basil pesto or sun-dried tomato pesto. Any really tomato-based spread, you can use aubergine if you like that. Um, and you spread that on the top of your bread. <laughs> Not in the supermarket. <laughs> you can take all the ingredients home with you. Um, but before you uh, go home from the supermarket, or if you have these all at home already, you're set. Um, but the cheese, there's a special type of cheese that my mum quite enjoys. I think it is mozzarella, but it's specifically for melting. Um, and you get it in slices. But any cheese you like, really, that is good at melting in the toasty machine. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Buffalo mozzarella can work. Um, slices of that or grated. Uh, anyway, so take that all home with you. Um, just heat up the toasty machine, spread your pest, <laughs> spread your pesto um, or whatever onto your bread. Obviously, slice in half before that, and put on your cold meat, so your prosciutto and your pepperoni, and then add your cheese on top of that. And you can add your rocket before or after you toast it. 
Um, it depends if you like warm rocket or not. Um, but I don't find it too bad, so I quite enjoy it. So you can add that in and then chuck it in the toasty machine for I'd say around about five minutes, more or less, keep an eye on it. One thing I love to do, um, I think a lot of people do it, so it's nothing out of the ordinary, but I like to put butter or margarine on the outside of the roll, even just on a normal toasty, so it gets extra crispy. And if you have a toasted machine where you can like make it not go down fully all the way, so it's not squashed flat like a pancake, it can make it a bit more enjoyable. If you don't have a toasting machine, you can also chuck it in the oven. Wouldn't recommend putting it in the microwave because then it would be sog fest. But then you can enjoy that um, and it's quite fulfilling and filling at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, there's your simple summer or winter. Oh, and it pairs nicely with a soup if you um, want to have something for the side of a soup in wintertime. And it's nice in summertime. Um, if you're around at the beach, obviously you can't take a toaster machine to the beach, but you never know. So yeah, there you are. A yummy uh, summer or winter or spring or autumn toasty. <laughs> Enjoy. Welcome back, listener, to Desert Pirate Radio. So, uh, before we get on to the interview with David, I'm still trying to comprehend what I saw. I went around, looked around the studio, couldn't see anyone, but there was seemed to be some, someone had been walking around that wasn't me. I get back to uh, the recording booth and I'm looking around and through the crack of the door, I see a yellow eye. And it, I didn't get much of what the rest of it. It definitely saw me because as soon as it saw me there, it, it bolted. And then I didn't hear any more steps. Don't know what to do. I don't really want to move out. If someone's here, I don't know what to do. Let's go on to the interview. David is our interview series. We've still got a couple more questions for him. I think we have about two or three more shows worth of questions. And then we'll be moving on to another interview series. So please get in your Q&A questions reach at desertpirateradio.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your questions for David. So David is doing a PhD on Duchenne muscular dystrophy. He's doing that because this is a disease that he has. If you'd like to learn more about David, head over to the episode AA, the on with the interview. Um, you touched on this earlier and you sort of answered it, but you didn't go into depth. Do you fear death? Why or why not? Well, as I said, no, I don't fear death. I think probably if it came to it, there'd still be a bit of, um, you know, it's still a bit scary, but I don't fear death in terms of the out, the event, you know, the outcome of death. Um, for me, it's just in my head, I think, oh, surely it'd be scary, but it's hard to explain, but just like my feelings when I think about it, I'm like, there's just a sense of peace for whatever reason, like, uh, it's just, I can't explain that, but well, I can explain that it's, it's God in my life, um, but at an emotional level, I, I don't fear death, um, intellectually, it still sounds like a bit of a scary thing, <laughs> but, you know, when, if, I, if I'm dead, I'm with God, so, um, essentially, I guess, backtracking from that is, um, 
you know, I, I don't fear death because, well, I, I believe in God and as a Christian I believe in, in eternal life and that, you know, I will be healed one day. And so as Christians, really, death is not the end for us. In fact, it's the beginning of our, our life with God. So maybe from that point of view, people can understand they put themselves in a Christian's shoes um, why death wouldn't be as scary because actually death signifies the start of new life with God so you could see why that's a positive thing and um, as there's a guy in, in the Bible called Paul who talks about how death can actually be a, a gain in some ways because of that, that, that very concept I was saying that you know we end up getting to be with God mm. um, but at the same time he said but there's also more I, wa I want to do on earth so yeah it's not it's not that um we want to die early because there's plenty of good in this life still and um, you know I'd very happily continue living if God healed me now I'd be very keen to keep living longer but um, for me more the point is even in the case of death it's not a loss at all in fact it's a it's a win so to speak mm. because um you know we get to live eternity in that world where there is no suffering and pain and you know as as humans living now i think we all have that recognition of a desire for justice and to see criminals and whatever be brought to justice and um, that is what God brings in eternity. Um, so yeah, and I guess, I guess, you know, going back to what I was saying, it was that um, very tangible feel of God being in my life and making me have peace and joy, um, particularly that first time understanding my prognosis, that has pretty much given me an everlasting peace about dying um, from that point onwards. Mm. So, yeah, the answer is I don't fear death, and that's because of God. Um, there's no, there's no other explanation for it because it just doesn't make sense not to be scared about death um, otherwise. This week's question show of week is: Do you fear death? Why or why not? Currently, I'm quite scared of the chat death, but. I'm not scared of it itself. Anyway, enjoy that light question to have with your loved ones. Um, please proceed with caution because if someone, you don't know what people's relationship with death is, whether it be a sick relative or someone who's recently passed. But that can also start a great conversation to check in with your friends. Speaking of checking in with people, let, send me an email. Let me know how you're going with the show. If you're finding it confusing or if you have another question why not email reach at desertpirateradio.com remember there is a Q&A happening it's happening three or four weeks but that doesn't mean leave your questions for three or four weeks that means write them in now so that David can think about answers to the questions until then if I make it out alive whatever's poking around my thing doesn't eat me I'm E and you've been listening to Desert Pirate Radio take care bye